The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. And there's a beautiful Friday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation, as we are live and local, giving you a voice into what's happening around us and that affects us right here in the Central Valley of California. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, two of the, I'll lead with two of the, by the way, this is what's on your mind Friday. The rest of the week, we like to keep the calls focused in on the topics that we're talking about. On Fridays, though, we have what's on your mind Friday. So if there's a topic we haven't talked about that you would like to briefly bring up, or if you did not get the chance to weigh in on a topic we talked about this week, Friday's your day right here. 209-551-3483. On what's on your mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Uh, what's on my mind, two of the joys, I guess, of being here in California. Do you know that California is now uh, the most expensive state in America when it comes to gas prices? Mm-hmm. AAA reporting the national average uh, price for regular gas jumped two cents overnight to $4.43 a gallon. That's the highest price ever for a fourth day in a row. We're setting records here. Uh, who's the lowest? Georgia has the lowest statewide average at three ninety-five dollars a gallon. So what's happening uh, locally within the footprint of our radio signal here? Again, nationally, we're at four forty-three. California's average five eighty-seven. And again, California now, uh, we're leading the nation in uh, expensive fuel. Uh, Let's take a look at what's happening in the counties within our radio signal here. Uh, Stanislaus County, they're still the lowest in our area at 565. Tuolumne, uh, you're at 569. San Joaquin County at 576. Let's see who's next. Merced, uh, fourth at uh, 578. Uh, Calaveras, 586. Mariposa, 589. Contra Costa County, 592. Alameda, 597. Uh, let's see. No, next would be Santa Clara at 595. And then Alameda at 597. I believe the highest gas in California is in Mono County. $6.65 a gallon. Good night. So uh, what are, what what's one of the other joys, Mike, you may ask? Well, did you know, and you may well know by now, that in California, we now are estimated to have a $97.5 billion surplus with a B. $97.5 billion surplus. Now, we've been doing some quick math here, highly unscientific, but just taking some raw numbers Let's say, uh, let, let's uh, uh, average uh, and round out the population of California to about 39.5 million. 
so if you divide 97.5 billion uh, amongst the uh, California population, you'd, you'd come out with about $2,468 a person. I'm, I'm all for getting that money back. Wouldn't you like to get that money back? I'm not talking about a $200 or $400 gas card thing. I'm saying, give us some serious money back here. Give us some serious money back. What? (laughs) $97.5 billion with a B dollars. You look at, um, well, here's uh, an interesting thing. What, What would you do? Let's just take one billion dollars, not the, not even ninety-seven point five billion. Well, let's take a billion dollars. Here, here's what uh, Reader's Digest says you could do with a billion dollars. You could buy the Miami Marlins. You want to buy the Miami Marlins? They're up. Uh, you could buy them for nine hundred eighty million dollars, and uh, they made it to the division series in twenty twenty. By the way, the next uh, closest, the next cheapest, if you want to buy a baseball team with your billion dollars, Kansas City Royals, uh, $1.025 billion. So that's baseball. How about the most expensive house in America? You want to guess where that is? Mm, Bel Air in uh, Los Angeles. $500 million. <laughs> it's the most expensive private residence ever to hit the market. Uh, it has five swimming pools, 20 bedrooms, 30 bathrooms. Boy, those of you who have uh, children, uh, wouldn't you love 30 bathrooms? A 36-seat movie theater and a bowling alley. I'd love that. 30-car garage and its own nightclub <clears throat> has 100,000 square feet. So you could buy that for uh, $500 million. Let's see. Uh, you get some good art. Nice art for uh, your billion dollars. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi uh, sold for $450.3 million in November of 2017. That's not even near your, your billion dollars, so you, you've got that. How about, uh, do you like boats or yachts? For $600 million, you could buy the Azam. It's a 590-foot luxury yacht, one of the fastest in the world. And uh, you, yeah, you get that for six hundred million. Let's see what else could you. You could buy your own private island for a billion. Yeah, uh, in fact, a lot less than a billion. Blue Island in the Bahamas apparently is or has been up for sale. Has its own jet airstrip, main living and staff houses, four miles of roads. It has water power, communication hookups. <clears throat> and it won't even break your budget. There's only $75 million for that. Uh, Balmoral Castle, uh, that's uh, that Scottish estate. Uh, what is it? $1.4 billion. You could buy a plane. Actually, you could buy a couple of them. Uh, Boeing commercial planes, you could buy, you know, f- let's see, uh, 89 uh, $8. Uh, let's see, $891.4 million. Drop in the bucket, not even breaking your billion-dollar budget. You could buy your own Boeing plane for $891.4 million. And how about a car? Just a car. And you may not be able to find the gas to put in it. In 2018, a 63 Ferrari GTO sold for $70 million. 
And if you wanted to buy the White House, I mean the building, not as if you were buying influence, not that that ever happens. Um, the White House property, I guess, is uh, estimated to be $398 million. And finally, you could take a, for $52 million a pop, you could uh, go to the International Space Station for a week and a half. So those are things you could do with your billion dollars. California, we've got $97.5 billion surplus. I'm still saying I like some of that under $5,000, somewhere between uh, was it almost $4,500. I like that to be returned to me. Wouldn't you? Again, welcome to What's on Your Mind Friday. What's on your mind Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV on the Mike Douglas Show. Again, uh, your opportunity if you have not been able to weigh in on one of our topics this week or if you have a topic we haven't brought up, Friday's the day on What's on Your Mind Friday. Our phone number 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And when we come back, eh, we're all being encouraged to buy electric vehicles, right? That's what Governor Newsom wants us to do in the not-too-distant future. Let's see uh, how that's going in terms of how to charge those vehicles up. Here's a lesson learned from San Francisco. I'll tell you about it in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us. This is What's on Your Mind Friday, our telephone number 209-551-3483. Another thing on my mind today, as you are probably aware, the uh, California Coastal Commission was having a hearing regarding a proposed desalinization, or it's actually desalination plant, desalination plant uh, in Huntington Beach down in uh, Southern California. Huntington Beach got just a, going down a rabbit trail here just for a second. It got one of the worst sunburns I ever had in Huntington Beach. Those of you who may have visited Southern California, Huntington Beach, at least when I was down there, is a beautiful beach. Very, very popular. Anyway, I was in high school and I was, uh, I, I took a lot of summer school because I wanted to make sure that I got out as soon as possible and and uh, had sufficient credits uh, to be able to uh, move on to the junior college level and have some credits uh, in my back pocket. But anyway, so I was taking summer school biology, and uh, one one, one of the uh, things we did that summer in summer biology class is we took a field trip to Huntington Beach uh, to, uh, to examine the marine life in the little pools there, you know, that they have. And, and so I, now you have to understand my skin issue. I either don't tan or I burn. Uh, I either look like a lobster or I look like a ghost. That's kind of the way it is uh, for me. So anyway, I 
I thought I was well prepared with uh, sunblock and all of that. So anyway, we went went to the tide pools there uh, in Huntington Beach. And um, the next day I showed up for class, I was caked with stuff all over my legs because I got one of the worst sunburns in my life from Huntington Beach. And I became the talk of the class that day because I couldn't hide it. It was too painful to wear long pants, so I wore shorts, and uh, uh, it was very, very painful. So I have have fond memories of Huntington Beach, but not so fond memories as well when it comes to sunburns. Anyway, so this hearing by the California Coastal Commission yesterday, they gave thumbs down. Thumbs down on the desalination plant. I don't know why I put the Z in there. The desalination plant. It would have been a $1.4 billion. Hey, there's a billion dollars again. There's another thing. That California $97.5 billion. There's another thing you could do with, well, $1.5 billion. You could build a desalination plant. I'll get that here before the show is done. Anyway, it was a unanimous decision by the California Coastal Commission. Doesn't matter that, nah, it doesn't matter that we have a, a drought. It doesn't matter, you know, that farmers are hurting, ranchers are hurting. It doesn't matter that we're, we're building uh, new uh, developments without the water to support it. No, California Coastal Commission they're looking at the very important things because they said, well, we're looking at the high cost of the water, the lack of local demand for it, the risks to marine life, and the possibility of flooding in the area as sea levels rise. So let's see a quote here from Executive Director Jack Ainsworth says, uh, denial of this project does not mean that we're setting the stage for denial of all desalination desalination facilities. I'm going to make the word desalination because it just flows off the tongue. I mean, if, if the woke community can take words and, and redo them and attach new meanings. I, I can do desalination and uh, make it desalinization, don't you think? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, they say that this project would have created a sustainable drought tolerance uh, source of water for Orange County on the plus side, just as it did for San Diego County. But the executive director of the California Coastal Commission said no. Uh, but th- this doesn't mean we're setting the stage for denial of all these types of facilities or other critical infrastructures across the state. Every project has a different set of circumstances, facts, and context. So Poseidon Water was the proposed developer. Of course, they're very, uh, very disappointed. And... Uh, They're saying that the plant would have taken in about 107 million gallons of seawater and then put out about 50 million gallons of drinkable water a day, enough to supply nearly 460,000 people in Orange County 
which uh, Orange County home to about 3.2 million people. What do you think? Why is this? Do you think it's a, a legit, a legit decision by the California Coastal Commission? I know people, by the way, who are way out of my price range, but they own homes on the coast up and down through California. And you can't sneeze, but what the California Coastal Commission or uh, some other coastal commission uh, will will be in your face about it. I mean, the, these they're draconian in their approaches to these things. And I, I would just think, unless you might cause World War III, that we would get a, a plant going, a desalination plant going, that would get us at least on the road to solving this drought issue. But no, but no, I, it is so discouraging. And California has kicked this issue down, kicked this can down the road time and time again, decade after decade after decade. Now, actually, Gavin Newsom supported this. And, and again, it would have created drinking water for an estimated 400,000 people. But the California Coastal Commission firmly against it and saying it would harm marine life and a nearby bird habitat. Don't worry about the humans. Do not worry about the humans. Don't worry about the fact that we have a drought. Don't worry about the fact that we have thousands and thousands of people coming over the border illegally. And they're they're probably I would I would guess do do illegal immigrants require water? I'm I'm guessing they do. Really, uh, they're not aliens from other planets. They're from south of the border. I I would imagine they have to drink water, drinkable water, potable water. And so I I'm guessing that all as these thousands of people coming through our open border, that they're going to need some water. But the California Coastal Commission apparently doesn't think that's much of a priority, do they? What do you think? Are, do you think it's a righteous decision, or are we shooting ourselves in the foot again? 209-551-3483, 209 Five five one three four eight three. We're going to have to do something. We cannot keep tap dancing around this water issue. the The drought is not going away, and as the population increases, although I know a lot of people are leaving California, but if you consider what's coming over the border, a lot of those people are being replaced. What are we going to do? Every time we build a new development, what's going to happen with that? Those people are going to need water service. Do we have that capability now? What is it? L.A., I think it's down to, or Modesto, is it? Two days a week, three days a week, water? All right, we'll discuss more of it. Your calls as well coming up on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360, KFIV, back in five minutes. Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation on this What's On Your Mind Friday at 209-551-3483. Our conversation the last few minutes surrounding the whole issue of the need for uh, some type of relief from the drought and the California Coastal Commission has just turned thumbs down on the desalination plant that was going to be uh, proposed to be built near Huntington Beach by the uh, Poseidon Water people. Let's see what you think about that. Area code 209-551-3483-209-551-3483. Let's go up the road a piece to Ed and Lodi. Ed, what's on your mind this Friday? Well, happy Friday afternoon to you. Um, I have felt for a very long time that this needs to be something that is not only promoted, it's, it's almost should be required. I think any, uh, especially along our very long um, ocean here that we have, our coast, I should say, um, I think that that ought to be something that should be almost required and mandatory. Um, and you could even do something that, that has a, sm- a slow effect. I've been thinking about this for a long time, but uh, we have an issue with, uh, you know, obviously right now we have Shasta Lake at that 40% and uh, Oroville Lake that I think is at about 50%. And uh, and this is supposed to be the peak right now. And if that's the peak, we are in, in, in trouble in many, many ways. Part of me is thinking, well, why don't we have something that, that's just, you know, kind of perpetually going and or something we can start up if we need to that can at least, you know, trickle some water into things. We could do something. We have some re- we have reservoirs up and down the state, smaller ones like San Luis and, and Pyramid Lake and things like that. Perhaps we could have something that could feed those. But I think all of these areas should be having, I think every place that is, that is uh, importing water um, very, very much should be just required to do it. And uh, I mean, that's what happens in the Middle East. Um, You know, it happens in Israel and Saudi Arabia and places like that. And um, I think that we just need to, 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 there needs to be responsibility. We're going to have millions and millions of people. And I think in the, um, the, what they, the, the inland empire, that all that area down there uh, and uh, LA Basin and all that whole region, there is there's over I think 20 million people down there, and that's a lot of consumption, and almost all that water has to be brought in. So I'm thinking, you know, this is something that should not just be a discussion; it should be mandated. If they can mandate, I don't know, electric cars, boy, it's more it's more feasible, more logical, and more absolutely necessary to get some kind of water thing going, and along with building a lot more. Uh, storage, I think we need to have it be this uh, these desalination uh, places all over. And um, you know what? We we can figure out what to do. Uh, we can figure out what to do with the warm the warmer water. Maybe there's a way to you know because I know it warms the water, but maybe there's a way to 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 figure that out. You know, I'm sure I'm sure there's things that can be figured out. And what do you do with the excess salt? There's things that could be done. We could figure this out. But right now we're in a crisis, and we're doing nothing to really solve it. We're just um, putting on more mandates and 
charging more fees and and regulating more, but really what we need to do is be producing more, and that's one way we can do it. Absolutely. So those I, are my thoughts. I, I like your idea of a mandate, and I, I'm thinking maybe the only way that happens is a, a proposition that comes from the people that's on the ballot that that mandates in some way uh, the state will do this in a certain amount of time to a, a, a partially alleviate anyway the the uh, uh, the effects of the drought mitigation efforts and uh, by the way uh, this <laughs> producer Mike just sent me a note here we could with the ninety seven point five billion dollars that California has now just rattling around in its pocket. With that $97.5 billion, we could build about 75 desalination plants. How about that? Uh, so uh, I, I like <laughs> I like your idea, Ed. Let's, let's make it mandatory. Hey, have a wonderful weekend, and uh, thanks for calling you in too, today. You too, thank you. All right, Ed from Lodi. I, I like the idea of making it, uh, making it mandatory. Uh, to let our California representatives know this is what you need to do. And by the way, quit taking so much more of our money so that you don't have a $97.5 billion surplus. That's criminal in my mind. That's confiscatory taxation. It's legal robbery. That That's what it is. It's legal robbery. And... <laughs> Anyway, we'll again coming up June seven. Bear this in mind: it is we have our primaries coming up June seven, and the general election coming up in uh, I believe it's on November eight, twenty twenty two. Not too uh, distant future, and then of course uh, the big election coming up, the presidential election coming up in November twenty twenty four. If we last that long under some of the craziness that's uh, happening right now in terms of, of policy. Again, you're listening to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and it is What's on Your Mind Friday. If there are topics uh, you would like to bring up that we didn't talk about this week, Friday's the day. Or if you'd like to weigh in on a topic uh, this week and you didn't have an opportunity to do that, we invite you to do that. Uh, on Fridays as well. Again, our phone number 209-551-3483. So we have this big focus on doing away with the combustion engine in California. And uh, the governor wants us to have electric cars as if we can all afford that. Here's an interesting, (laughs) talking about electric cars. And this is something to think about. Uh, A recently published study shows that in the San Francisco Bay Area, over 27% of electric vehicle charging stations were not working. Mm-hmm. They looked at uh, over 650 charging plugs at over 180 public charging stations across nine counties in the Bay Area. Just over 70% of the plugs were still functional, but close to 23% of them had various issues, ranging from being unresponsive to flat-out being broken. And another study showed that another 5% had charging cables that were too short that apparently couldn't reach the car. So here's an interesting, let's say we all have electric vehicles, 
and uh, we're we're going over to the Bay Area and wherever you might be going, and and you need a charge because they don't yet run forever on an electrical charge, right? And so you pull up to an electric charging station for your car. You plug that puppy in, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. And so you have to wait around, what, for another hour or so until another charging? I, this, this does not bode well, my friends. And again, I, I think the approach to this is uh, at fault here. The approach that the state is taking is we're going to do away, and this is the Biden administration too regarding uh, gas and, and oil. We want to we want to go to more green friendly methods of energy. Okay, well let's keep the system we have going now going and start this parallel track of quote unquote cleaner energy. And let's keep both going until that cleaner energy has proved itself and it can meet the demand that the current gas and oil, the fossil fuels, are meeting. Wouldn't that be a good idea, don't you think? Seems to me like that would be a good way to... But no, we're just going to do away with one and we'll be left with, uh, I think, a whole bunch of problems in a couple of years. It is What's on Your Mind Friday on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. Let's go up the road a piece to Escalon and Ed. Hi, Ed. Welcome. What's on your mind? Hey, how are you doing? All right. What's on my mind, two things. It's regarding these desalination plants. How is it Kuwait, Saudi Arabia can do this and we as Americans can't? What's wrong with our technology? Are we that behind those countries? It doesn't make any sense. Desalination is a solution, but we need to deal with the brine. The brine is the byproduct of the desalination plants. That's the problem they're having right now with the overpollution of the ocean. But how come Saudi Arabia and all those countries in the Middle East can get away with it, but we can't do it? I don't understand that. Now, with regards to your electric vehicles, why in the hell we want electric vehicles and we can't even keep our lights on in the houses? It's insanity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Uh, Ed, Ed, I think going back to your your previous point, I think one of the reasons that we can't do what uh, they do in Saudi Arabia is because they don't have the obstructionists that we have. Right? Well, I think you're partly right. I do believe that to be accurate. Uh, I'm local uh, government myself. I'm the mayor of Escalon. I've been in government for 28 years. And you're 100% right. Our biggest problem is government. They overregulate. And they are controlling our lives down the path they want us to go instead of where we need to go. And that needs to be corrected. And I think that answers a lot of those questions. Ab- absolutely. Hey, Ed, thanks so much for the call. Really appreciate that. And thank you for your service to Escalon as well. I appreciate that very much. Have a great weekend. Again, My pleasure. Uh, all right. Thanks thank for the you call. For doing what you- Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Ed. Our phone number here on What's on Your Mind, Friday, 209-551-3483. Let's go to Nick and Modesto. What's on your mind, Nick? I'd like to change gears here a little bit uh, and talk about uh, Save Mart and under their new ownership on what they did to those um, managers or the, the, the retirees who were non-union by taking away a promise to keep their benefits 
until they reached 65. So those folks were between 55 and 65. And Safe Mart, under uh, the Piccinini ownership, was, a fam- as you know, a family-owned uh, store. They were involved in uh, the community, uh, Modesto, Fresno, and and all, all, all our communities in the, central, in the Central Valley. And they did a lot of good things for people. And then they sold to a private equity fund. Right. And the first thing they do, man, is they whack a promise. You know, you, you, don't, you don't pencil promises that you make in your budget. And I can just see this person from this uh, privacy, uh, private equity fund flying here from, Saf- Sa- uh, from Los Angeles in his private jet looking at his P&Ls and, his, and all the financial information, cuts that out and gets to Modesto and just uh, gets to the corporate office here and put out that release. That's, that's shameful. And the poor people who retired early based on that promise, and they, they had their, you know, they probably retired at 55, 56, whatever, based on that promise were able to pencil in um, how they could survive, and for a, uh, a company to do that is shameful, and it just tells you uh, the big difference between these private equity funds who are gobbling up family-owned businesses like Save Mart and and and, and others in this area. That's that's the only thing I want to say is that it's, it's it's not a good thing, and if they if they had the brass do that can you imagine what's coming in the next couple of years oh yeah nick i i and by the way thanks for the call great great topic nick thank you so much for calling in about that uh nick talking about the uh, equity firm that bought save mart and a promise was made many many years ago uh, th- there was an issue where uh let me use the phrase like upper management at a certain level uh people at save mart who were part of the union uh, we're, we're no longer allowed to be in the union. But the promise that was made by SaveMart was you will still retain your benefits even though in retirement, even though you are not in the union anymore. Well, what happened was when this equity firm uh, takes over, the equity firm says, ah, sorry, you aren't part of the union. You don't get your benefits. I can't imagine what it's like for those folks out there who are uh, retired or about to retire from Save Mart saying, what in the world is going on here? That was the agreement that we had. In fact, if any of you have worked for Save Mart and you're being affected by that, we'd love to hear from you. Got a couple other people we want to hear from as well. We'll do that in three minutes at 209-551-3483. Nick, great call. Thanks for that. 209-551-3483. Back to the phones in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Let's go to Mike and Manteca. Mike, what's on your mind today? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, kind of going back to a, uh, I kind of got a chuckle out of it when I was thinking about it. You had mentioned that 27% of the charging stations in the San Francisco area aren't working for electric cars. 
And this goes back to a conversation that I was having with your guest host, uh, uh, former Congressman Richard Pombo, on Friday. And I kind of chuckled when I thought about that because we lost power and couldn't finish the conversation. <laughs> All right. But he, <laughs> we, we were talking... Yeah. We were talking about how California is going to sustain the future, future growth, future pushing for uh, uh, electric vehicles, and where is the energy going to come from? And he had made a statement that the last power plant that was built in California was done somewhere in the mid-90s, and it was a uh, natural gas-powered uh, turbine-type uh, energy plant. And that there, there are rules, regulations, restrictions for environmental purposes, whatever the reasons are, where we are not allowed to build an additional power plant in California. So uh, my, my thoughts were, how are we going to sustain the power grid when we can't even build new ones? Now, his answer to that is, I guess we go out of state. And I thought that was kind of ironic, too, because I guess we can save the environment if we don't build power plants in California, but if we go 10 miles into Nevada, then it's okay. I, we, I guess we don't kill the environment. So the the, the government, uh, I don't know, they just got a lot of things backwards. We have the capability to sustain the power grid. We have the engineering available. We have the will to do it in California. We just have a government, even on the desalination plants, we have a government that's just completely unwilling to look at those problems and and deal with them absolutely uh, mike it's not like we don't have the technology and uh it's so ironic uh you're right in fact someone texted me about that uh last friday i was on the way down to i-5 down to southern california and there was a major power failure that affected uh our radio station as well as some others as well and so unfortunately richard pombo got cut off i guess with you in 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 midstream uh and by the way when he comes back he's been in dc uh, we're going to continue some conversations with him but anyway i find it very ironic that the power went out we are mike i think our own worst enemy here in california you know we we uh we, we desire to uh to be so technologically advanced and yet look what happens hey mike thanks for the call i appreciate that uh, very much uh, I'm going to go very, very quickly to John and Brentwood. Hi, John. What's on your mind today? We've got about 30 seconds or so. Okay, I'll do one, Ben. Um, I saw an article on Palo Alto. I guess in 2019 they passed an ordinance where all new homes had to be all electric, no natural gas. Now they're looking at making all the homes in Palo Alto get rid of their natural gas and go all electric. And the, the power company in Palo Alto said that there's no way the power company can handle that. And they also, there was no, nothing given or said about helping people that have houses that have natural gas converting their homes into electric because it's so expensive. But that's, that's what they're planning in the future for Palo Alto. And I see it for a lot of California actually down the road. Yeah, you, you would think for a state that is so highly high-tech, that we would think better in terms of strategy. And uh, I, again, I believe a lot of special interest groups, John, interfere with the process. And I, I believe we can lay that at the feet of power and control 
and special interest groups, and we're just cutting our nose off uh, despite our face for California. I don't know what the future holds, and unless some, uh, you know, some some rational minds uh, infuse the legislature and the governor's office. I I don't know, John. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. One of the other quick thing was there's so much stuff going on in the news now about increase in COVID cases. I wouldn't be surprised to see masks on the horizon in the not so distant future. I think you may be right, John. I think you may be right. Watch for it. Thanks for the call. We'll be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love with even more local local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Hour number two here on this summerish Friday in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we navigate through the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. It is What's on Your Mind Friday at 209-551-3483. If there are issues that we haven't talked about this week that you would like to bring up, today's the day. 209-551-3483 on What's on Your Mind Friday. Or maybe if you didn't get a chance to weigh in on one of the issues that we discussed discussed earlier, why uh, today's the day to do that here on the Mike Douglas Show. So uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us and being part of uh, the brilliant audience that you are. It is such a joy to join you 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday here. I look forward to it and uh, the repartee that we have the ability to talk about issues and even agree to disagree at times without being disagreeable. That's, uh, that, that's something that you don't see a lot in, uh, in today's culture. Uh, so what's on my mind? Uh, let me just offer this. I've, I've been very concerned about this whole issue with baby formula. Now, our, our babies are now in their mid to late 20s, so that's no longer an issue for, for us, and uh, there are no grandchildren on the horizon, so for us, it's not an issue. But I remember back when, to, to not have baby formula available, you've got to be kidding me. Well, uh, it, uh, it became an issue as well for Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, earlier this week, and this was on, I believe, Tuesday. If you remember, the House of uh, uh, Representatives was having a hearing and a, a, a vote, ultimately, on the $40 billion aid bill uh, for Ukraine. And she voiced her passionate opposition to that $40 billion aid package to Ukraine. Of course, that would include military and, and economic assistance. Now, since then, the House went ahead and approved it, even after uh, Congresswoman Green's uh, passionate plea. Uh, But in the Senate at the moment, Senator Rand Paul has said, nope, don't like the amount without any type of accountability. So he's holding the bill up at the moment to require an inspector general to oversee spending on Ukraine. All right, but with that background, I wanted to uh, play... Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's 
speech that she made, her, her passionate speech before the House of Representatives, and see if there's anything in there you agree with. I, I mean, it's, it's a tough it's a tough balance, isn't it? We we want to aid Ukraine as we can. I'm not sure that we've done that really wisely, especially in, in the early weeks of this. But we want to help. The question is, is this $40 billion with a B dollar uh, aid bill, is aid package, is, is that the way to go? Well, uh, Congresswoman Green is also looking at the issue of the lack of baby formula. We're up to, what is it, 43% uh, now lacking on uh, general store shelves, hard to find anymore. So she she looked, she juxtaposed the two and felt that it wasn't appropriate to have this type of a price tag on the bill. Well, let's listen to uh, what she said on Tuesday, and then we'll, we'll talk about it after we listen. $40 billion dollars but there's no baby formula for American mothers and babies. An unknown amount of money to the CIA in the Ukraine supplemental bill, but there's no formula for American babies and mothers. $54 million in COVID spending in Ukraine, but there's no formula for American babies and mothers. $900 million for nonprofits and organizations in Ukraine, but there's no formula for American babies and mothers. $8.7 billion for economic support and funding in Ukraine, but there's no formula for American mothers and babies. If this is about claiming that it's about saving lives, let's be real then we would care about war-torn countries like Ethiopia. So that's a bunch of hypocrisy because I never hear Ethiopia brought up here. Totally ignoring, completely ignoring our own border crisis, our own baby formula crisis, and brutal inflation skyrocketing gas prices that no one can afford but $40 billion for Ukraine. Stop funding regime change and money laundering scams and U.S. politician cover-ups of their crimes in countries like Ukraine. The American people do not support paying for constant U.S. involvement in foreign affairs while our own government fails our own country. Let me remind everyone here, we swore an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America and our borders. We should be paying attention to our country right now. I yield back. Thank you. All right, that's Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Republican from Georgia, uh, voicing her pretty passionate uh, opposition to the $40 billion aid bill for Ukraine. Uh, notice that she went down a lot of the parts of the budget and kept coming back to, but we have a shortage of baby formula for mothers in America. And uh, what do you think? The, does she have a point? Uh, or does the the issue in Ukraine, the uh, possible World War III implications, uh, d- does all of that outweigh the problems that we have here in the United States of America and the need to put some money uh, and, and attention to those? Do you think she had any good points there that, that you could back, or do you feel that... Now she's uh, she's picking the 
She's picking the wrong way to address the bill. What do you think? 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Now, this whole baby formula issue has uh, has caused a lot of angst in a lot of different sectors. I uh, I think that one of the uh, one of the another passionate plea was made by Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Uh, she's uh, Florida, I believe. Um, Congresswoman out of, uh, am I right, Florida? Uh, talking about the Biden administration sending pallets of baby formula to the border. And uh, she, she basically was taking the position that how are these pallets of baby formula arriving at the border when shelves throughout the rest of the United States of America are empty. Uh, Let's listen to uh, her first salvo on this. Cue a conversation and a series of text messages that I received last night from one of our Border Patrol agents down in Texas, right at the border. He says, Kat, you would not believe the shipment that I just brought in. He has been a border patrol agent for 30 years and he has never seen anything quite like this. He is a grandfather and he is saying that his own children can't get food, baby formula for his grandkids. But he, as a border patrol agent, just took in pallets, pallets of baby formula for all of the illegals that are crossing into the United States. And It is not the children's fault at all. But what is infuriating to me is that this is another example of the America last agenda that the Biden administration continues to perpetuate. Pallets. I put photos on my Facebook earlier today of of the full shelves and they literally put handwritten signs on these shelves that they are stocking in warehouses at the border that say, do not take. And earlier today, About noon, I got another set of messages from other Border Patrol agents, and they were sending me pictures of the pallets of the baby formula that they were taking in. All right, so Congresswoman Kat Kamek from Florida saying, what is going on here? I have Border Patrol agents that are emailing me pictures of pallets of baby formula that are arriving, uh, apparently, according to her, for the Border Patrol's use at the border. And she's saying, what are these pallets doing here, uh, given the fact that we don't have baby formula on the shelves in, in uh, our, our stores and groceries and, and such, our pharmacies uh, across America? What in the world is happening? Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering if she might have a point there and I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit more in a couple minutes. Right now, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483 and, uh, Jesse in, uh, Modesto, welcome to the Mike Douglas show. What's on your mind today? Well, I was just listening to Jesse, we just lost, there's so many Hang on, we just lost your lost your cell phone signal for a moment. Uh, if you could start from the beginning for us now that we have you back. 
No, it's, it's right. Uh, you know, she's right. Um, America should come first. You know, we're, we're, we're the country that takes care of a lot of uh, nations. And right now we got to take care of us first, and then we can actually help other nations. But we got to take care of our people. Uh, it, it, uh, sure, Ukraine is, is bad, but I think we let it get to that point to where Russia invaded Ukraine, and that shouldn't have happened. And we could have had a stop to that right from the get-go, but we didn't. So I think it's a lot of excuses that the, that the Biden administration is doing. I mean, we can see it from the border all the way to what's happening now, you know, with uh, defunding the police and all the crimes and everything, and, and even in our schools. So if everybody pays attention to it, it's, it's, our, our country is going down pretty quick, and we have to really put a stop to it. And we've we got to get back in track and, and put America first. Uh, you know, this is, I know it's home of the free, but at the same time, you know, we've got to take care of our people first. Jesse, let me ask you a question uh, off, off the top of your head and, and just your initial reaction to it. Do you think this is all intentional uh, by the Biden administration, or do you think it's just incompetence? Well, I think it's both. I mm. think it starts off with being intentional because coming into in, when he became president, I mean, he started doing the opposite of what was uh, Trump was doing. Our country was, you know, flourishing. I mean, we had everything going for us. And then all of a sudden he took over and he pretty much knocked everything that Trump did. I think if he would have been a great president, Biden, he would have kept going with Brett, uh, what uh, Trump was doing. And I think he would have looked a hundred times better as a president now than what he's doing, than what he did from the start of tearing there. He pretty much tearing America piece by piece, and we're seeing it. Yeah, Jesse, I, I would uh, I would agree with you that we have had a, an extreme destructive force. Uh, the ideology coming out of uh, Washington, D.C. has been extremely destructive. And I think you're right uh, in response to my question. I think, uh, I think I would agree with you that it's partially intentional. Uh, for example, uh, President Biden doing away with the Keystone XL pipeline right off the bat. That's intentional. Uh, I think of late there's just a lot of incompetence. I don't think his advisors nor he uh, have the skills to run the country. So, uh, Jesse, I, I would agree with you on that. Hey, thanks so much for the call, Jesse. Have a great weekend. Thanks for calling today. Thank you. You as well. All right. We'll be back with more on What's on Your Mind Friday at 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. Played a, a soundbite just a couple of minutes ago from uh, Congresswoman uh, Kat comic and uh, she is from florida uh regarding uh border patrol agents apparently sending her pictures of pallets of baby formula arriving at the border and uh, she was reasonably upset about that and now anytime that we're upset about something i'm i'm always up for well what's the solution 
what can we propose as a solution to what's going on here? And uh, she did. She proposed uh, some solutions as well. Let's listen to her recommendations. One, so important, share this. Share, share, share. Share this video. Let people know what is going on. Second thing, call your Democrat members of Congress and tell them that you want them to put pressure on the administration to keep Title 42 in place, to take the baby formula that they have basically siphoned out of the supply chain and put it back in the damn stores for American kids. I am so, so frustrated. All right. So you you caught her frustration there, obviously. Now, uh, in, in fairness, and again, I'm not sure how this plays into it, uh, but there is a news item, and this is from uh, independent journalist Ollie Bradley, or Breedley, uh, and she says that there is a uh, nonprofit uh, down in the Texas area that says uh, the Valverde Border Humanitarian Coalition uh, says they have received uh, lots of baby formula and such that they then use uh, to supply to the people that are sent to them from the border patrol. Border patrol. So essentially, what happens is, um, apparently, as as refugees approach the southern border, they are processed, obviously, through local authorities, released to customs and border patrol. Uh, in theory, they're given a court date, told to report to their sponsor's city. And then the families, uh, because they can only come with the things they carry, this particular nonprofit, make sure that they have things like phones, restrooms, clean clothing, packed lunches, and more, including baby formula. Now, I think the intent here was to say that they are provi- they are the ones that are receiving it. I don't think that's the case. They are they do have donated baby formula, but I don't think it's the same thing that uh, the border patrol is is receiving. But I just wanted to throw that in the mix to uh, to be accurate. Let's go back to the phones two zero nine five five one three four eight three and to Oakdale we go. Kathleen, what's on your mind today? Well, I'm thinking that Rush Limbaugh once said uh, that uh, we have to know how the brain works, that uh, if we don't teach our babies to think, we are doomed. And I am thinking uh, that back in February, there were some sick infants, and some of the sick infants died, and they uh, found a common... uh, thing between the babies that were sick and the ones that died that there was baby formula and even a particular kind and uh, but the baby formula company uh, did shut down and then announced yesterday that uh, that they were thinking about uh, reopening their plant but they wanted to remind everybody that there was no connection ever established um, proof uh, established that there was anything to do with their baby formula and those infants that were sick and um, the infants had died. Anyway, so I'm thinking that regardless of um, whose fault it was, um, the, apparently there was, um, who made that uh, Who made that baby formula? Apparently Abbott. There, there definitely were sick infants, yeah. Yeah, Abbott is, is the one, and, and you're correct. Yeah, and uh, right. And however, I, I think we could all say that 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 may have contributed 
to all of this, but it's certainly not the reason for the uh, the, the nationwide lack of this formula. I mean, they I think they're going to Ireland, if I remember correctly, to uh, get more formula. Kathleen, uh, got to run. Thanks so much for your call today. Appreciate that very much, and you're absolutely correct. It is Abbott uh, that had a recall, and uh, they're now, now trying to uh, retool up. We'll retool in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. What's on your mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV? Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. It is What's on Your Mind Friday. So let's get to it. 209-551-3483. Let's go to uh, Mike and LaGrange. Uh, Mike and LaGrange, what's on your mind today? Oh, I got a, several things. One was I uh, I offered you to come out and gather cattle with me and come out to the ranch sometime, and I didn't get I never followed through getting you on it. And I already gathered this weekend, so I was going to email you some pictures last weekend. We picked them, got them all picked up. So I was going to send you some pictures of that on your email, and then I also wanted to talk about the pasteurization in our, on our milk right now. Um, if you notice, I don't know about you guys, but am I the only one that our milk is going sour before the use-by date, and it's it's happened to me like three times recently. So I'm kind of wondering if producers, which is a big um, meat processing plant and they own a lot of stuff, if they're get holding on to milk and um, you know pasteurizing or, or change the process and pasteurization. Um, but I don't know why my milk seems to go sour a lot quicker than it used to. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with some of the baby formula things, if they've changed stuff up. But it doesn't seem the quality that it used to be. Uh, of course, nothing seems like the quality that it used to be. <laughs> well, that's that's very true. Uh, i got to be honest with you, uh, for uh, a lot of reasons, I, I don't drink a lot of milk. And so I, I can't attest to what you're talking about there. But I'd be interested to know if, if any of uh, our other listeners, have you experienced the same thing? Is your milk going bad early? Is there something in the processing that has, uh, that has changed? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and Mike, as you're, let me get your, you're, you're one of our good thinkers here. As you're looking at the whole, the, across the nation, this baby formula thing, I, I can't think we can lay that at the feet of Vladimir Putin. Uh, I, I think this has been brewing for some no. time in regards to our public policy regarding COVID-19 and the lockdowns. Yeah. I think it's all part of the supply chain dilemma, if don't I you think? You for, if yeah. I could interrupt you for a second, we're about ready to hit a big brick wall here. People are going to hit a big brick wall next year when it, when it comes to food. Things are going to get really sketchy, I'm telling you. When you raise fertilizer, you know, I do two different businesses, and um, one is ranching, and the other is, is a different business entirely. But um, ranching is not like what it used to be. There's no, there's hardly any profit left in it. Um, it's just, it's gotten gotten so bad. And when they're raising fertilizer prices four times uh, the amount that it used to be last year, 
if you don't think that that's going to affect you at the table and diesel prices are, you know, close to $7 a gallon. I do the I-5 corridor uh, a lot because I have a ranch up north as well. And I'm going to tell you something. All those truck stops are six six thirty to six fifty a gallon. Okay, if you guys don't think that's going to hit you in the pocketbook when everything you buy travels through truck, all the stuff that's farming right now, it's all through diesel tractors. Um, so I was here listening to a guy who's got the new Def tractor uh, and got you know pretty. I have a 2000 Massey Ferguson 4255, which is not uh, which is a pretty big tractor, but that's a you know. To replace that thing, that's, that's, you know, you're talking six figures to get a good one. Okay, I can't replace it. You know, I'm, I keep using it. As a matter of fact, it's in the shop right now getting repaired. If you guys don't think that this stuff is going to affect you, fertilizer, you can't fertilize, hay growth, to, to grow hay, uh, you need all these things. And they've blocked it all. And you got an administration, like you said, that's not only incompetent, but it's, it's incompetent and it's and it's against America. It's, it, they truly don't care about you or me. And as long as they're living in their bubble in Washington D.C. and they're not going to get arrested and they're not going to get go to prison for sedition, bribery, treason, because let me tell you, every one of them up there is taking money. And it's on both sides of the aisle. Democrats are more prominent. Why isn't Nancy Pelosi being investigated? I. I for the life of me, I want to know what judge in this on God's green earth cannot see this corruption. You and I can see this basic. I'm I'm just a dummy. I'm a high school dropout, but I could figure this out pretty simply. I mean, it it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what the heck's going on around you and who's corrupt and who isn't. Why isn't Chuck Schumer in jail? Why aren't all these people locked up? It's it's I, I'm astonished. What about Adam Schiff? Why can't we get any – why won't the news media report on anything that's going on? So it's pretty scary. We're living in scary times, Mike. And all I can tell you guys is I got meat in my freezer, and I'll have meat in my freezer. I'm more worried about keeping hay for for my horses than I am anything else because hay hay has gone through the roof. I mean, $250 a ton, $270 a ton. How the heck do you think this isn't going to affect you guys? I'm just like, anyway, I'm just venting. Well, no, I enjoy the show. I'm so <laughs> grateful that you're here. Well, well, uh, thank you. You can hear us. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mike. And I appreciate your points very much. Thanks for the call. Have a, have a great weekend, Mike. Thank you. Uh, I think, you know, m- one of the points Mike brings up, I think is pretty poignant. And he mentioned that, and that is corruption. As we look at the way law enforcement is abused, I don't mean abusing law enforcement. I mean using law enforcement to abuse your opposition or your political enemies. The way that law law enforcement is being used to abuse the opposition, both in in, uh, Washington, D.C., and to a certain degree in Sacramento as well, we're, we're on a downward spiral. And that's why I say it's so important the the primary coming up on the primaries coming up on June seven the general coming up on uh, November eight twenty twenty two we must be changing the guard so to speak uh, because it's the this abuse of authority that is tanking both California and the nation as well 
And it's no longer theory. I'm not being ideological here. I'm not being uh, uh, partisan. I'm call it like it is. And, and Mike, uh, he, he gave us a, a great example there as a, as a rancher. How can we think that prices aren't going to go through the roof when we continue to abuse our agricultural community? Diesel going up, uh, the, the, what, what he need, the hay price of hay going up. We're going to pay for that in, in, and not, not just in terms of dollars, but ultimately, you know, they, they're destroying our agricultural uh, industry and they don't. And this is another thing Mike said, they don't seem to care. I don't think they do care if they cared about you and me, they wouldn't do, they wouldn't allow what they're allowing. Just, uh, my thoughts on that. Before we uh, went to the break earlier, I had to uh, court, cut Kathleen uh, short a little bit. Kathleen uh, in Oakdale, you wanted to complete your thoughts um, about baby formulas, I think. Right, Kathleen? Uh, yes. Um, I think that there's a possibility of poisoned baby formula uh, being in the uh, food supply and that overall the food supply has a problem with the possibility of some of the, the food supply being poisoned. It doesn't show up in the general food supply as as poignantly as it shows up in the baby formula because the body has the capacity to neutralize poison and the infants have a much lower capacity to do that neutralizing of poison. But I think that um, overall we need to be concerned that uh, someone is deliberately um, tampering with the food supply. And I would say that uh, so few uh, deaths have happened and sickness happened. Uh, in addition to the uh, body neutralizing the poison is why. Also, it's such an honest business uh, industry in uh, the United States. There's so little corruption, but that there is this little bit of corruption going on, and it is causing death, and it could be exploited and, and made bigger, and we really uh, have a huge problem on our hands. And, and, and so I really think that uh, everyone has to pay attention uh, to the food supply, not just take it for granted that it hasn't been poisoned, just like uh, drugs have and, you know, contraband drugs have been poisoned. You know, they all have to watch their drug supply, be suspicious that it might be poisoned. We have to start thinking about our food as uh, in the food supply, despite all the honest efforts on the part of the people in the food industry, that it too uh, might be poisoned. Well, and it- I think that the way that they do it is primarily by they steal the label and they make their own product and put somebody else's label on it. I think that's the way it's happening. Okay. Well, but, let, yeah, let me, whoa, that, that's, uh, that's quite a theory there. Let, let me stop you for a second. Let's explore that. So your, your thesis here is that people who are intent on poisoning other people are yes. stealing or somehow some other way acquiring, let's say a Gerber label and they're putting that Gerber label on their poison stuff, and so that's how they're getting the poison into the marketplace? Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes, and that is organized crime because it is, it's a, done at an industrial level. I mean, they have, would have to have uh, access to a, a baby formula uh, manufacturing plant to actually uh, manufacture uh, this product in that way, uh, this mass production way, uh, to be able to, you know, uh, 
used the uh, Gerber label as as uh, you know to pass under a Gerber label as a Gerber product. They have to be able to run a manufacturing plant. So that's organized crime going at uh, it there. Okay. And, uh, so well, I I got to go tell you, Kathleen. Thanks for the call. Got to run again. I appreciate that very much. I got to tell you, Kathleen. I was ready for a fun weekend, and now you got me paranoid. I, I, mm, I'm going to think about that for a couple minutes and then I'm going to come back. We'll, we'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas show on What's on Your Mind Friday at 209-551-3483. I don't know, Kathleen's call there's got me spooked now. I'm I uh I don't know. I too late to start growing my own food, I guess, but 209-551-3483. So Kathleen has a theory that organized crime maybe is is behind some of this and uh, some of the products that may be poisoning people and such. Uh, I also want to go back to um, Mike uh, from LaGrange, a comment that he made. He was talking about the fact that he felt his milk uh, he noticed milk going bad sooner than it normally does. And I, I, we don't drink a lot of milk uh, around here for a, a variety of uh, a variety of reasons. But uh, we do purchase a fair amount of dog food around here. And what we've noticed in this dog food, is, it's not dry, it's not totally wet. It, it's kind of a mix in between. It's supposed to be very fresh. And we've noticed over the past, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks, that dog food, and we put it in the fridge, you know, we'll open a bag and feed it to the dogs and and then uh, close it back up again, put it in the fridge, take it back out. We've noticed that the dog food is going bad a lot sooner than it normally does. So I'm I'm wondering, is are, are manufacturers of food products, whether it's intended for humans or uh, or canines, whatever, are, are there corners being cut here that that's causing this? I, I'm just uh, getting a little suspicious because the uh, again, this dog food that that we purchase normally doesn't go bad. And it's now doing it on a regular basis. We'll open it up. We'll put it back in the fridge. You know, we'll give the dog some until he's done. And our 500-pound our, our Mastiff that guards uh, also the studios of uh, the Mike Douglas show. And uh, But it, it just seems like it's, uh, it's going bad sooner. Wondering what your experiences are. Our phone number 209-551-3483. Patricia from Modesto. Have you had a similar experience? Yes, I've been noticing that uh, the milk, um, my mother, you know, she's elderly and she loves milk. And uh, I was noticing like a week before it even expired, the milk was going bad. And... um, you would smell it, and it just everybody kept telling me that it was just the cream that's in the milk. I'm not a milk drinker, so I don't like the way it smells anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I noticed it, and I had been taking it back. I even complained to the grocery store about it. 
And well, just out of curiosity, how did the grocery store respond to that? Um, they told me that they would let the producers know, but it never got changed. Uh, so you were still stuck with the, the spoiled milk. Yeah. Mm. And I try not to go to the store. I don't know if I can bring up the names of the stores, but, uh, I just, I try to go to the regular grocery store to get it, you know? Right. Right. Well, uh, but, uh I, I, I guess we're not supposed to cry over spilled milk or spoiled milk, uh, right. Patricia, but yeah. it, it, it seems <laughs> yeah, like, uh, expensive, though. I know it's an expensive issue. It seems like there is an issue out there. Uh, definitely. And so thanks for calling, uh, yeah. Patricia. Appreciate that very I, much. I have one more thing. Yeah. Or you, you don't have time. No, go ahead, please. Son, for some reason, he received a uh, a little gift of Similac with coupons in it. And he's not even a father. He got this in the mail. And, I, you know, he said that he wanted to give it to somebody because of the, the situation that's going on around town. And I just kind of felt leery about giving it to anybody just in case it wasn't. I mean, it could, you know, I don't want to give them something uh, that might be bad, the Similac. But it was an unopened box, and I felt kind of leery about just giving it to someone, you know? Yeah, I I think that's a very wise decision uh, not not to do that. Yeah. And I'm... I'm Boy, I'm trying to stretch my memory here right now. I'm not sure is if Similac is made by uh, Abbott or not. I'm not sure who the manufacturer is. Of course, Abbott uh, did have. Uh, yeah, they are. A- Abbott does make Similac. So, uh, okay. Patricia, you made the right call on that. Definitely, uh, don't give that out. And yeah, yeah that. Yeah, uh, I mean, it hasn't been opened or anything, but I just didn't feel right. If something was to happen, I would feel responsible. Well, a- absolutely. It. And and it is Abbott and some of the Similac products uh, that they make that have been recalled. So uh, I oh. uh, I concur with you. It's yeah, kind of funny that they send you that in the mail when there's, they say they don't have anything. <laughs> well, that was my first question to you. So we're supposed to have this great shortage and, uh, you know, in the mail comes a, uh, you know, I, I guess you would call it, right, a, a promotional a sample. A trial offer. <laughs> a trial offer, yeah. But anyway, I think you made yeah. uh, you made the right yeah. call there not to uh, not to send it off to someone else. Because if it is part of uh, the recall, you know, you'd hate to be the person that's responsible for someone falling ill or, or, or worse. So, yeah, good yeah. call on that. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for your call, Patricia. Yeah. Really appreciate Thank you, that. Sir. All Thank right. You very much. Have All a right. great weekend. Patricia from Modesto. Yeah, she's experienced the same thing. Milk going bad. Took it back to the uh to the store, the place where she got it, and they said, Well, we'll let the we'll let the producers know. Well, that doesn't uh I, I have to say the stores, the grocery stores that we deal with, um are usually really good about that. Uh, they, they've been really good even, and my wife, you know, if I go in and say, I have a bad product, it's not working, you know, they'll, they'll probably call the police on me. If my wife does it, they fall all over her. Oh, we'll we'll provide you with a replacement. So I always send my wife to do those things. Something about me. I don't know. They don't believe me or, 
or something. Anyway, my wife is is the you got to send something back. My wife's the person that you uh, that you want. Well, speaking of coming back, I'll be back Monday here on the Mike Douglas Show, three to five p.m. and we'll do it again here on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. Have a wonderful weekend, Trevor Carey. Coming right up. <laughs>